Hey, this is Shannon Wooten, pastor of New Spring Church, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you, and I hope it gives you hope that a new life in Jesus is possible for you. Turn with me your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. We're continuing this unshaken series, and I want to specifically talk about unshaken in the storm. Unshaken in storms. That God gives us a promise that when storms come our way, there's a way we can be unshaken. Luke chapter 6, this is our key text today. I want you to underline some things in this text today. This is the words of Jesus. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me, underline that, comes to me, and hears my words, underline that, and puts them into practice. You can underline that as well. Those are three things that Jesus is saying. If we will come to him, if we will hear what he is saying and if we will put what he is saying into practice, here's what happens to us. Here's the promise. They are like building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when a flood came, the torrent struck the house but could not shake it. It was unshaken. And um, And then in verse 49, he says, the warning is, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. And the moment the torrent struck the house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. There's some things that God is saying to us that we can be a people. You can be someone when storms will come your way, when life begins to shake you, when unexpected things begin to happen, you can become that person who is not affected by the storm. The first thing I want you to write down today is where you build and what you build greatly matters. What you build and where you build it greatly matters. You're building something right now with your life, with your thoughts, with your behaviors, with your actions. You are building something with your life. What you do in life, how you interact with the world around you, you are building something. We're either building a weak foundation or a very strong foundation. If we build on earthly, tangible, fleshly substance, if we build our image, it will all crumble one day. It's going to come crumbling down. But if we build on the spiritual, some intangible things, internal things that are going on the inside of you, If you pay more attention to the internal, the under the surface, if you will, principles, disciplines in your life, it will be durable and it will withstand no matter what circumstances come your way. When you look into the city, I've been to New York City several times, when you look at these tall buildings, these tall buildings, they say the height of those buildings As high as it goes, the foundation has to go deep as well. We only get to see what's on the surface. And I'm going to tell you, your life, if you admire people who are able to endure storms and situations in their life and their faith is still strong, I want to tell you something. There's something happening that they're building upon that's something that you cannot see. And it's internal. It's spiritual. And Jesus is telling us that we can become unmovable unshaken in the storms of life. 
<clears throat> where, you, where do you spend your time? What you study is what you will become. You can study cars. I love muscle car. I love classic cars. Um, I would trade my car in right now for a good 1969 convertible Corvette. And if anyone has one and wants to give to me, I'll, take, I'll, take the, I'll even take the Mustang. I love the, the, 19, the Shelby Mustang. I'll take that too. I love cars. If you study cars, you're going to have a knowledge of cars. You're going to know it. And there's things about cars I understand. I've, I know how to change a head gasket out. Don't want to. Never want to touch one again in my life. But I know some things because I've studied some things. If you study politics and immerse yourself into politics, well, that's what you're going to become. You'll become a very political person. And some of these things are not necessarily bad. I'm just telling you it's a fact. What you study is what you'll become. If you love movie stars and love looking at their life and diving into who they are and what their latest fad is, People Magazine may allow you to write an article about your favorite movie star. If you love the things in this world, then you're going to have a knowledge of that. But can I tell you, if we study God, we're going to become godly people because we will know God. If you study your spiritual life and what's happening within you, you're going to become a person who has, has its foundation in godly things and spiritual things. And I don't care what happens in this world, it's going to shake, rattle, and roll. But the things that we build on that are spiritual are eternal. This world can burn and go, be burned up and cast to the ground. But listen, what we build on that is spiritual will reign and rule forever. It'll last forever. What do you know when the storms of life hits your life? What do you think about when the storms hit you? Because what you know and what you believe will make all the difference of how the storm is going to impact you. What have you learned that you can apply in your storm? What solid information, what behavior can you practice? What is it that's going to help you keep your emotions intact when your emotions are trying to run high? When storms come, how do you respond? What do you have to stand on when you're doubting, when you're confused? What do you have to guide your life? What compass do you go by? What ideas or principles or routines make sense to you when everything else is not making sense? Storms can come in many fashions in different ways. Storms can bring winds. Storms can, can devastate our heart can wreck our emotions. I remember, uh, Ross, when the 2012 storm hit. How many remember the 2012 storm that just, they called it a, a hurricane on the, on the inland. I don't know what happened, but we had a strong wind that came. I believe it was 2012. We came home and we were talking about how the winds were just, I felt like it was going to blow the house down. 80 to 90 mile an hour straight line winds. And we heard this voice outside on the porch, I look outside and Ross is out on the porch and he was amazed at how the wind, he had his hands out yelling in the air, had his hands out and said, Man, and I said, Ross, what are you doing? He goes, I want the wind to take me away. He just loved it. He thought it was exciting. And then I hear him say, he's yelling out, he said, big like you, God, big like you, God. And I said, why are you, he said, I just wanted the wind to be so big. 
I wonder if when we get in our storms, do we think about how big God is? Big like you, God. Or do we think about our storms being so big that they're even bigger than God? Does our belief system go so deep in Jesus Christ that we know no matter how hard the winds come, come on, our, our God is bigger than any storm that may come into our life. Can you give God a praise for that? Whether you have a job loss, whether a family member that has passed, you're experiencing loneliness right now or health issues or a financial crisis, those are things that, we can, that will impact our, our hearts. Maybe you're in a spiritual battle where you don't know if God is even listening to you. But well, no matter how you feel this morning, you got to know that your God is bigger than any storm that can come into your life. When we are unshaken, you can write this down, when we are unshaken in the storm, we are unshaken in the storm when Jesus is our foundation. We can become unshaken in the storm when Jesus is our foundation. Yes, you heard me right. Jesus can actually become your foundation. When he is your foundation, you will be solid no matter how hard or how big the storm is. Jesus is a person. You say, how can Jesus be my foundation? He's a person. Yes, Jesus Christ, the person, wants such a, a close relationship with you that he will impact your life and impact your emotions and impact your soul that you will not be shaken when the storms come upon you. So, People impact us. Jesus can impact you. I, I saw this little clip the other day or this little uh, meme that says that people are like Cheetos. They will rub off on you. Come on, how many know that Cheetos, you, I don't care how many times you reach your hand in that bag, you're going to get, can I just share a little secret? That's not real cheese. That's not real cheese, and I hate to, hate to ruin your, your health experience. But no matter how many times you lick your fingers, you can lick all the Cheetos. In fact, the more you lick your fingers, come on, the more cheese you're going to have on your fingers. And I pray to God that that's a personal bag and you're not sharing that with someone else. They said, so, so people are like Cheetos, they can rub off on you. I, I believe this too. I believe Jesus, come on, is like Cheetos. He can rub off on us. And I believe you're like when Jesus is ruling and reigning in your life, you are like Cheetos, and hopefully you're rubbing. Your faith is going to rub off on someone else. Amen? I, I saw this other uh, little clip that said, this other meme that said that your pet, people who have pets for a long time, they become like their pets. They look like their pets. I mean, look at that stuff. Isn't that so true? I was always told that the longer, the longer you're with someone, Bonnie and I have been married for <clears throat> 28 years. 28 years, and the longer we're together, the more we're going to look alike. That's what I've been told. God bless you, Bonnie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that evil communication will corrupt good manners. Who you hang around, they will impact you. They're going to rub off on you. That can be a negative or it can be a positive. I want to flip it around. By the time we get done with this message, I want to flip it around to a positive that I believe that our foundation is so rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ, come on, that our faith is going to rub off on people and help them through life. Can you, believe, can you say amen this morning? Amen. So I, I want you to see this, that when we say that the culture can impact us, the word impact has a strong connotation. And if you, if you're not, if you don't think about it, you'll miss it. 
If you take a piece of steel that has a logo and you want to take a, a, a die and impress a logo or a date stamp on that steel, you have to impact that die, impress it to where it begins, begins to leave an imprint. And can I tell you the culture and people around us will impact us and leave an imprint in us if we're not careful. This is why you want Jesus in your boat and Jesus rubbing shoulders with you every day so that he can leave a greater impact in your life so the culture of this world does not leave. Come on, the greater impact. Can you shout amen? The more time you spend with Jesus, the more Jesus is going to come out of you. And the more you spend time with Jesus, this is how the personal foundation works in your life. The more you spend time with Christ, when you're in the middle of your storm, Come on, something is going to come out of you, and I know what it's going to be. It's going to be more faith. It's going to be kindness. It's going to be love. It's going to be, come on, aggression that says, I know that my God can do this. It's not going to back you up. It's not going to cast you down. It's going to lift you to a place to where the kingdom of God is going to come out of you because you're spending time with Jesus Christ. I want you to see Mark chapter 4 because Jesus is going to show us what to do in the storms. Three things. He wants us to come to him. He wants to hear what he's saying. And he wants us to put it into practice. And he's going to show us in Mark chapter 4 what to do. I'm not going to read verses 35 through 41. You can read them on your own, but I will highlight a couple of them. It was Jesus' idea to get into the boat. And something happens in the boat as they're going to the other side, a storm comes. And the storm almost comes out of nowhere. And sometimes you and I will do things that will cause our own storms. And sometimes storms will happen and you didn't have anything to do with it. But here's what I love about this. You can be doing the will of God and doing what God wants you to do and a storm can arise. Some people will try to criticize you and say you're in the middle of a storm so you must have done something wrong. But how many know we can be doing everything right and a storm can still come? And I love the fact that it wasn't my idea to get in the boat and to go to the other side. It was Jesus' idea. And so sometimes we're going through life and we're faced with storms, but understand, I don't care what comes as long as I have Jesus in my boat. Now I want you to pay attention to what Jesus does because that is what he wants you and I to become. He wants us to emulate what he does. Storms give us the opportunity to increase our faith and deepen our relationship with God. I want you to see that. In verse 38, Jesus, here's the storm that comes up. The disciples are freaking out. These are fishermen. These are grown men. These are men who are, are masculine. They're men who know how to be tough in life, and they are having a hard time with this storm that's coming. They're afraid. I mean, they're crying like little girls because the storm's about ready to take them. And they're looking for Jesus. And where is Jesus? I lift, my, I lift my pillow again. Throw it up here. Jesus, they say, where's Jesus at? The storm's going to take us out. Where is he at? Where's, where's Jesus? And the Bible says that Jesus is asleep on a cushion. Jesus, where are you, Jesus? And Jesus over here... I mean, he's cutting some law. He's, he's cutting some Z's, right? He's snoring over here. He said, guys, I've had a rough night. I've had a long two days. I've been preaching for two days to masses of people. I need some sleep. And the boat is being tossed around. Winds are coming. They're freaking out. And they find Jesus asleep. They wake him up. 
because he's asleep on a cushion. And I can just see it. I mean, he's a good morning, beautiful. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. That's not in the Bible. Um, <laughs> Bonnie puts this on my side of the bed. I think she's trying to give me a hint. I told Kevin Clark this morning, our, our safety guy, he come in and I, he said, how you doing, Pastor? I, so I just held it up. Good morning. He said, I don't know if I've ever been called beautiful before. I said, I got to have a, a confidence pillow today to preach. <laughs> Jesus is, is sleeping on a pillow. Now, here's what I understand. Here's what I understand about this. If Jesus is not freaking out about the storm, then why should we? Why are you freaking out about the circumstantial storm in your life? If Jesus is not worried about it, then I'm not worried about it. But Pastor, you don't understand. Aren't you worried about the finances? If Jesus ain't worried about it, I ain't worried about it. Are you worried about the relation? If Jesus ain't worried about the relationship storm, then I'm not worried about the storm. Aren't you worried about, come on, the economy? Are you worried about the political matters? Come on. I'm going to put my head back on the pillow and say, if Jesus ain't worried about it, I'm not worried about it. It would be good for you to catch what Jesus is saying. You say, Pastor, should I, is there not some things that I need? Yes, there are some things that you need to do and logistically do. You're going to have to take some action steps. But when the storm begins to not just come on the outside and begins to come on the inside and it begins to affect your soul and your spirit and wreck your peace, you need to put your head back on the pillow and say, if Jesus is not worried about it, then I'm not worried about it. Do I have a witness, somebody? If Jesus is not worried about it, I believe Jesus got up and he probably had the keep calm shirt on and said, just keep calm, guys. If I'm not worried about it, you don't need to be worried about it. Here's what I want you to see this morning. That Jesus begins to get up and he begins to rebuke the storm. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves. And I'm scratching my head and saying, you don't, you don't talk to inanimate objects. You don't talk to objects that don't have ears, that can't process what I'm saying. But Jesus understood a kingdom principle that sometimes you need to speak out loud some things that may not have ears. Are you listening to me? There are some circumstances in your life that you need to get up and rebuke and say to the waves, he said, quiet, be still, and then the wind died down and it was completely calm. So Jesus rebukes things that are contrary to the nature and the will of God. Can I ask you the question? Right now, what is going on in your life that is contrary to the nature and the will of God in your life that God is asking you to have faith over, to stand up in the middle of your boat, in the middle of your storm, and tell it to be quiet? Now, my house, uh, my mom would tell us, mom's probably watching today, hi, mom. Everybody say, hi, mom. To say shut up, because one translation says that he actually said shut up. Now give me a little bit of grace here, guys. That's what the translation was. That, it was that harsh. But in my house, it was a cuss word if we said shut up. In fact, I remember one of my kids one time, they were all embarrassed and said, oh, I think, I think, I don't know which one it was. I think someone said a cuss word. They were telling them, like, really, what did I say? It was the S word. The S word. Oh, my goodness. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. We don't cuss in our house. What did they say? I can't say it. Well, you can, you can say it one time. This is it. Don't ever say it again. Say, shut up. <laughs> Like, okay, we're good. I was sweating bullets. 
Sometimes you need a, now I'm going to give you permission. I told, we prayed for uh, a, a, one of our teens in the last service that felt like they were going through a storm. And man, the word of the Lord just came over us and gave him some things that, to, that were to encourage him. And I felt like he was about ready to go in the next two years of his life. God was going to help deepen. Here's what I said. God is going to deepen right now through this storm. He's going to deepen your relationship with God. And he's going to also increase your faith because in a couple of years, you're going to have one of the greatest doors that is going to open in your life. And you're going to need a firm foundation to rest on. And that may be for somebody this morning. And sometimes you need to, you have all of this stuff that's coming against you and trying to oppose you and give you every negative thought of why you will not survive the storm. And you need to stand up in your boat and say, shut up. Not to people. This is the only time I told, the te- I told this guy, I said, this is the only time that you're able to say shut up is in your prayer time, all right? But you need to, say, you need to stand up and do what Jesus did. Look what he says. Jesus... Jesus rebuked the devil in the wilderness. Jesus also, Jesus also rebuked the Pharisees who, and their legalism. And Jesus also even rebuked Peter, one of his disciples, when he was acting like a devil. And I'm going to tell you, I know it's spiritual warfare, but some, some people are spending way too much time about what the devil is doing When you need to understand the word of God, you have the authority through Jesus Christ to stand up and say to the devil, shut up. Because Paul the apostle said, if you will rebuke the devil, he will flee from you. And if you're spending three or four days talking to the devil, you're spending way too much time with the devil. When God has given you the authority and the power to stand up in your home and in your marriage and your circumstance to your children and your job and your life and your community and say, shut up, get behind me. Are you with me? The reason why sometimes we have too much anxiety going on is because we're allowing the conversation, allowing the enemy to speak to us way too much. And God reminded me a few months ago where I had allowed a certain circumstance to get on me. And I'm going to tell you, let me give you a key. If something is weighing heavy on your heart for two or three days and it's manipulating you and it's taking your peace, robbing you, that is a good sign that you're allowing the enemy to speak to you way too much. And there are times, yes, even Pastor Shannon, there's been times it took me three to four days to realize what was happening in my spirit. And God, I was sitting in my chair upstairs and I was sitting in my chair, was praying, came out of a time of prayer, had some praise and worship music on, was praying, and God spoke to my heart. Now, God's never really spoke to me audibly that I know of. If God would speak to me audibly, I'd probably, I'd have to change my drawers. But how many of you had God speak so loud in your heart, it felt like it was audible? And God told me, he said, Shannon, you are allowing the enemy to create a storm in your spirit, and you need to do what I told you about 10 years ago. I taught you how to speak to those mountains and speak to those storms, and you need to do it right now. And I'm telling you, I felt the Holy Spirit. And I, two or three verses came to me, and I stood up from my chair. I looked out the window, and I said, storm, Enemy, devil, you will not rule and reign in my heart. I have the peace of God, and I command you to leave right now. And I'm telling you, something broke over my mind and my spirit. This is for somebody this morning. You're allowing the enemy to speak to you louder than the voice of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is saying, stand up in your boat and speak loud to him. Tell him to shut up. So let's do it together. One, two, three, I'm going to give you permission. But add devil at the end of it. We're going to say, shut up, devil. Ready? One, two, three. Shut up, devil. Don't look at, don't look at anybody when you say that. 
Quit looking at them like that. I'm serious, guys. I'm serious. If we're going to become people who are unshaken by this world and unshaken by the culture, because there are three storms that's happening. I want you to see them real careful. There is a circumstantial storm that's happening in Mark chapter 4. They couldn't do anything about the circumstance. It was a storm on the outside, a circumstantial storm. The second storm was an emotional storm. They allowed the circumstantial storm to create an emotional storm within them. And the third storm, and here's what always happens when we allow it to progress, it became a theological storm. Because they went to Jesus and said, and they were questioning, do you not care? Jesus, what do, you, do you not see what, do you not care? And they began to doubt the love of God over their life and the protection of God over them. Can I just tell you this morning very carefully that God can establish your feet, your foundation, your spiritual foundation of storm, and the circumstantial storm does not have to create an emotional storm, and it definitely doesn't have to create a theological or a spiritual storm in your life. You can become a person who is unshaken by your faith, in your faith because your foundation is on the words of Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness in this place this morning? And I say that to somebody today who the progression of the storm, the progression of the storm is trying to overwhelm you. So write this down. Unshaken in the storm means you speak to the storm. I'm going to give you a couple things to think about if you're still doubting it. Jesus teaches us the power of our faith by giving us the illustration of speaking to mulberry trees in Luke chapter 17, verse 6, and mountains in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. The storm was in opposition to God, and there are some things right now that are in opposition to your life in the plan of God. And God is saying, I want your faith to increase to where you will speak to these winds and waves where the storm will come. What do you need to speak to in your life? Now, I know the Bible tells us that there's only one who has the authority over winds and waves. Psalm chapter 107, verse 28 and 29 is almost like a prophecy to what was happening in Mark chapter 4. Look at this. Psalm 107, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress, and he stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Isn't that powerful? Now, I know that God has the power, but he's waiting on you to release the power of God through you by you speaking to the storms that are raging in your life right now. Jesus has the power to stop the winds, but it's you that have to do with Jesus. Now, you can, you can judge the disciples all you want to about their fear and their lack of faith, but at least... They had the ability to wake Jesus up. If you gave your life to Jesus Christ, he's within you right now. But listen to me. Somebody needs to wake Jesus up in your soul and spirit. He's there. You need to do what Psalms 107 says. They cried out to him. You can keep trying to manage the boat and manage the storm all you want to. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to get the best of you. But if you will wake Jesus up, I'm telling somebody, wake Jesus up this morning inside of you and say, Jesus, I'm calling out to you to calm the storms in my life. How many know that he is faithful when we call unto him? 
And lastly this morning, unshaken in the storm pushes us beyond the fear. There's two things that Jesus points out, their lack of faith and their fear. Look at verse 40. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid and do you still have no faith? It's almost like there's an expectation. I don't think that Jesus is so is on a guilt trip to make us feel guilty about our lack of faith or our fear. That's not it. He's challenging us like a good coach, a good mentor, someone who wants to, us to progress. And he's saying to them, like I told this young man in the first service, there's something coming that's going to be a great opportunity. And listen to me. Here's what I understand. Most of the time, our greatest opportunities that are about ready to present itself, there's going to come a storm. And the storm is to do its best to stop and prevent the will of God for us. And somebody this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what may be uh, happening within you. But can I tell you, there's going to be an opportunity in your life that's going to give you the greatest opportunity. And God is saying, I want you to deepen, I want you to deepen your relationship in me, and I want you to increase your faith so you will be able to withstand not just the storm, but the greatest, come on, the greatest opportunity in your life that's going to make Jesus, come on, Jesus Christ famous and give him glory. Fear is not compatible, compatible with faith. Storms give us the opportunity, and we'll say it again, the storms in your life right now are giving you opportunity to deepen your relationship and to increase your faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back and I want you to think about what the Holy Spirit is saying to you this morning. What is he saying to you? Where do you not need, where do you need to lay your head back down? I, I promise you, listen to me. I, I pray that I'm to a point in my life because I, I was the type of person, I worry about everything. I worry about my kids. I worry about my wife. I worry about my finances. I worry about the church. I worry about you. I worry about everything. And one time Jesus said, look, you Shannon, you're not Jesus Christ. You're not the Savior. And you can't save everyone. And there's some things, there's one thing that you can take into prayer, but you've got to be able to release some of this burden that you're carrying. And I pray that I'm at a place in my life where the enemy tries to stir up my, my soul and my spirit to the place where I have anxiety and fear. I pray I'm to the place right now that I can lay my head on my pillow and have a good night's rest and not worry about stuff that's out of my control. That's a word for somebody this morning. If Jesus ain't worried about it, I ain't worried about it. And that's not nonchalant. That's not just throwing things to the curb and saying, but it's saying that I'm not going to take on more of a burden than what God wants me to take on. Fear will get its best, will do its best to harm you. Fear paralyzes us. Fear makes us feel small. I'm hoping I'm defining something right now and jerking the cover off of the tactic of the enemy right now over you. Fear will prevent us from dreaming big. Fear will prevent us from acting in faith. Fear will cause your prayers to go from big prayers to small. Fear will cause us to act like our God is not on the throne, that he's still not in charge. Fear will even pull you, cause you to pull back from worship and praise, from exalting God. Fear will cause you from believing 
big, that God wants to give big things and give big results in your life. Now, here's what I, I believe. I believe how God is going to increase your faith in what you're going through right now. It's going to rub off on someone else. So there's two things. One, I want to pray over you. If you're going in the middle of a storm right now, and it's trying to cause an emotional storm and a theological storm or a spiritual storm in your life, I want to pray with you. But secondly, I want to pray that you are going to rub off on the people around you. You are like a Cheeto. Your faith is going to be contagious. Your belief and exaltation of God is going to cause people to want to get up and run with you and have faith in their God. How many believe that? That's the call of the church. Amen. Amen. So I close with this. They're going to come on out, guys. So here's what, here's what I was, I read this story about a, a pioneer in the pioneer days. His wife was sick and he knew that if he did not go into the nearest town, which was several miles away, and the only way he had, he didn't have a horse at that time. He only could walk. He knew that if he didn't go get the medicine that she would die dead middle of winter he's walking across for miles for a day or two he comes to a lake right before the, the next the nearest town to get the medicine he comes to a lake that's frozen with water or the water is frozen he gets out on the ice and he's afraid that the ice is going to crack on him and he's going to lose his life and his wife would die too so he gets out almost to the middle of the lake so fearful he thinks the ice is breaking. He gets down on his hands and knees, but he's driven that he's going to make it to the other side. He's on his hands and knees crawling, and all of a sudden he hears the ice rumble, and he says, oh, my goodness, I'm going to die. This is it. Life is over. And the rumbling and the noise, he thinks is a crack in the noise. It gets closer and closer, and all of a sudden he looks up, and it's a team of horses pulling a wagon, and the guy's going full steam across that ice. You know what happened to the man? Not fear, but faith came inside him, was resurrected and says, if this ice can hold that team of horses, it's going to hold me too. And he took off running to the other side. You know what I believe? I believe your faith. Come on, the world needs to see your faith in Jesus Christ in a world that's fearful, intimidated. They need to see that you and I have such great faith in Jesus that if we can make it, they can make it. And we're going to take them with us. Can you shout amen this morning? Hey, thank you for listening to today's message. We appreciate you tuning in. I hope you subscribe so you can join us back here next week. If you're interested in connecting with us at New Spring Church, text CONNECTNC to 94000. Hey, we're praying for you and we pray God's blessing upon you.